This week's episode of the Policy Viz podcast is brought to you by the Summer Executive Institute at the Georgetown University McCourt School of Public Policy. The McCourt Executive Institute offers short courses that are specifically designed to enhance key skills. Small classes and hands-on projects allow you to engage with expert faculty at Georgetown in a format that is convenient for busy professionals. To learn more and to register, please visit mccourt.georgetown.edu slash execed slash short courses. Enhance, energize, and expand your professional skills this summer at the McCourt Executive Institute. Welcome back to the Policy Viz podcast. I'm your host, John Schwabish. Two very special guests this week. I'm joined by the Andes, Andy Cotgrave and Andy Kriebel of the Makeover Monday Project, along with many other things. Andy Cotgrave, technical evangelist at Tableau. Welcome. Hello there, John. How Great are you? Great to be here. Uh, very well, thank you. Back on the show, second time. Yes, yes. a returnee. And uh, Andy Kriebel, head coach at the Data School in London. Andy, welcome. Thank you, John. Thanks for having us. Uh, I've got the Andes here. Let's just jump right into it. Um, you guys have had this project, Monday Makeovers, for how long have you been doing it now for? 18 weeks. 18 well, weeks. Well, I've, okay. I've been doing it for a long time, but Andy jumped on the bandwagon 18 weeks ago. <laughs> he's just, yeah, he's just following. So, yeah, so Kreeble, you started what? I mean, you've been doing this for eight years, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then November last year, I was I was just trying to use Tableau for, for some just internal company analytics. And I was like, oh my gosh, in my job, I'm not using Tableau anymore. And I, I'd realized I'd forgotten uh, some basic stuff. So I was like, oh, I need to get back on the wagon. And so I pledged to Andy, I said, look, why don't you and I just each week, you know, I'll do a makeover with you. We'll find a chart. We'll find a chart that needs a, a makeover or could have a different perspective taken on it. And we'll both blog our experience each week. And, you know, my motivation there was, you know, it'll be a great way for me to use Tableau every week. And then it kind of ran away with itself. And it's become it's become a pretty huge sort of social data experiment in a way, mm-hmm. because what's happening is Andy and I, but well, Andy prepares the, the data each week, gets it published, and we say to the world, right, Andy and Andy are going to make over this chart, but what else can you do with this? And it's, it's honestly been amazing. We've had 613 different makeovers in 18 weeks, which is about 34 people a week taking the data, taking a chart, making it into something else, finding new stories, flexing their data with skills, and learning from each other. It's just, it's honestly, from what I expected it would be, it's become something amazing. Okay, yeah. So, like Andy said, it's been um, it's been an amazing community project. I, I was really excited that Andy decided to join me on this, although it did put a bigger constraint on me, requiring me to do it every week. So I I just give him the data, and he goes off and does all the easy work. But uh, it's it, what's been really amazing to me, like Andy said, I, we didn't know how the community would respond to this. And, you know, it, it's just been, it's been amazing. Our numbers are slightly different. Um, I have the official numbers and I'm at oh. 601. Um, but, you know, tomato, tomato, potato, potato. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's been, we typically see um, there's probably about, I would say, what, what, 15 or so people that do it every week, Andy, something like that. Yeah. And then, um, and then a bunch of people drop in and out. You know, we, we still are getting new people to trying their first time for Makeover Monday. And it's just. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And I, I think one of the benefits of, of providing people the data in a nice consumable format, I provide it both in Excel and 
Tableau data extract format. So mm-hmm. people can just connect to it right away and get going. They don't have to worry about you know, any of the data preparation because Andy and I want people to just use Tableau or use whatever tool it is. I mean, we've had, you know, this uh, one person keeps using Illustrator and makes us all look bad um, <laughs> because everything's just so beautiful. So it's really been, it's not that much work to prepare the data. And, and I think it's really worthwhile doing it that way. And what are you looking for when you're looking for a graph to, or a visualization to make over? Oh my gosh. Well, that's really the easy part. If I look at a chart and I say, what the hell, um, <laughs> then that's, then I just uh, tag it in Pocket. So Andy Cockrave actually introduced me to Pocket a while ago. So that's been an essential resource for, uh, for this project because I can just – as I, I use Feedly for consuming uh, blog, blog feeds. Mm-hmm. And, and I can easily just see something in there and tag it for uh, as a makeover in Pocket. And then I have this repository of things that keep coming back to. And Andy and I share an Evernote document um, that has a list of all of the ones we're going to be doing and all the ones we've done. Um, So, you know, technically he and I could cheat if I have the data ready. So he really didn't have an excuse this Monday for being late because the data was ready early. Um, (laughs) I was away this weekend. Oh, there it is. He does have have an excuse. (laughs) (laughs) It may not be a good excuse. (laughs) Right, right. But yeah, I mean, it's been, I think just... We're, we're trying to make it so people can just get going right away and yeah. build something. And um, I think what Andy and I both like is when somebody takes the original visualization and really tells a much more compelling story with the data. And that's really what this is about is sometimes the visualizations are good and sometimes they're terrible. But it's more about how can you tell that's the, the source, story that's the source story visi- differently. The, right. Yeah, the source visualizations. Mm-hmm. Right. Go ahead. go ahead, John. No, go ahead, Andy. Okay, well, I was going to say, um, we're trying to find charts to sort of make us go question what the people were thinking when they were designing them. But again, sometimes we do pick good charts. If the data is an interesting story, then, you know, how else can you retell the story? Or can you even find a different story than the one the original designers were trying to come up with? Because we're not trying to sort of go, oh, you made an awful chart, and aren't yeah. we all better? Right? You know, that is explicitly not what this is about it's just like okay you made a chart how can other people remake it and come up with something new and you know again what we're trying to do in all our posts is say but if if we're going to talk about the original chart say well this is what we liked and this is what we might have improved and then here's a different perspective on it and when you have up to 30 people a week doing these different versions of the chart you see incredible new perspectives and it's amazing because we you know we've not just we've focused on a massive diverse set of data sets uh, gender urban diversity um slave trade you know there's a bunch of football stuff and soccer stuff and sport data police violence you know some really fascinating data sets that this community as it grows is finding amazing new things in this data yeah mm-hmm. no that's that's really interesting that it's not just on critiquing a graph it's sometimes just taking a different perspective but i'm i'm curious on the ones in which you are critiquing saying this is not a great graph this is how we might do it how do you view your responsibility as the person doing the makeover how do you feel like you need to responsibly critique and and sort of expanding on that how do you feel like the field itself of data visualization is doing critiquing other people's work so i can go first andy and talk a little yeah. bit about why i started this in the first place so I started doing these makeovers a long time ago because I wanted to use it as a learning exercise. And I was heavily influenced by Stephen Few's books, 
you know, in a lot of his books, he takes a visualization and he explains, you know, why doesn't it work well? Well, I wanted to sort of go a step farther and say, okay, well, here's what works well and here's what doesn't work well. Because sometimes the chart isn't totally terrible and you can tell that maybe the person had a really good title or they chose good colors or whatever it might be. So it's not about criticizing the person themselves that created the visualization because I don't think anybody ever creates a bad chart on purpose unless you're with Fox News. And then um, it's more about, you know, how can we use it as a learning exercise? And what I really like when I see makeovers from people that have participated is when they write a blog post that goes with it and they explain their perspective on what worked well and what didn't work well, because that's really where the learning comes in. Just taking the data and building something new, I don't actually think it adds value, but it doesn't add as much value to your own personal learning as it does actually trying to understand the decisions that the person made and what you yourself might do differently. I think that's really where the learning comes in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I agree with everything Andy said there. And one example that we've had was when in week nine, we remade a donut chart from the Daily Mail. It was all about wages of uh, football players in the UK, soccer players in the Premier League. Right now, donut charts, clearly alarm bells getting rung. Uh, The Daily Mail, a side that does not fit with my political leaning so something so my hackles are up right as we first start looking at this chart Mm -hmm. and it was well flawed right so i in my critique that week i wrote my first opening paragraph was just aggressive and probably because of the type of chart and the well in fact definitely because of the type of chart and the site it was on and of course what happened was that nick from sporting intelligence who was the guy who wrote the article and created the chart then got in a bit of a huff on twitter and we ended up, you know, with quite a lot of back and forth. You know, it was a bit of a, it was an unnecessary argument, really, because had I stuck to our principles and said, you know, it's the, the data's great, the, this bit of the donut chart works well, and here's what I would have done to improve it, the whole argument would have gone a different route. And, you know, so I didn't stick to the principles of my makeover Monday that week and sort of felt the impact of that. But then... Mm-hmm. When you widen it out, I mean, we've talked about this previously on this podcast. When you widen it out, it's if you criticize anybody in any field, and it happens in data viz quite a lot, if you criticize them aggressively, then you will be met with aggression and back. And uh, it just is not a constructive way to advance this field, I don't mm-hmm. think. Wow. I mean, do you think that's always the case, Andy? Creeble. I guess I have to use the last names too. Um, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned Stephen Few, which of course his many posts that you know have that sort of have a tone to them. Um, it's a bit biting. It's a bit aggressive. Do you feel that he's sort of the outlier in the field, and that most are a bit more constructive, or do you sort of wish that people would you know maybe tone it down and, and really focus on the presentation of the data, not so much on the personalities or on the on the tone? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Stephen attack a person. You know, he he attacks the visualizations, which is similar to what Andy and I are trying to do. Um, And and attack is probably not the right word either. Uh, We're trying to critique the visualization. Stephen's books were the first ones I read when I got into data visualizations. I think that's why I'm so influenced by them. I just found it a fascinating way to learn. Really, what I learned the most about uh, through reading his books was the thought process. Mm -hmm. And how do you take something that's good and gradually turn it into something that's better? And we see a lot of that in Cole Nussbaumer's book. Her book is an amazing example of doing exactly those same things and telling a much more compelling story with the exact same data set. And that's Mm -hmm. really what, I, I mean, I'm learning so much through doing these. 
every week. And, yeah. and it's really uh, so much of the value just comes with working, working with different data sets every week. And um, because it forces you to think differently every week, if you're working with sales, you know, superstore sales every week, you're going to become kind of dull, you know, so and we're hearing that from a lot of the people that are just doing this for the first time. It's an amazing way for somebody that's new in the data visualization community to get really clean data sets to just practice with. Yeah, I I a couple of great examples of that. Uh, David Perez, who's a guy based in London, you know, by day. He's working with sterile bank data. I think it's in the bank, but you know, and he's he's got a very uh, strict style guide to work with. By night, he becomes this uh, you know blogging, crazy creative superhero, right? And through Makeover Monday, he gets to experiment and try new things out. And one thing I noticed now over eighteen weeks is that we're seeing things evolve. So, in week four or five, you know. We started doing some slope charts, and then a few weeks later, lots of people are doing slope charts. And then mm-hmm. I think Andy did a really tall, long, a tall and thin uh, dashboard, I believe it was on police violence. And then for a few weeks, people are trying out tall and thin things. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it became small multiples, and currently everyone's doing hacks maps on Makeover Monday. And so people are, are, are trying things out. It's mm-hmm. amazing to see it. And as people, the people who are blogging about their experience as well, you know, you're getting an idea of their process. And it's really interesting seeing people's process of how do they get to the end result as well. Mm-hmm. And again, that's just one of these unintended consequences where it's like, wow, we've now got this gang of people uh, growing each week who are developing skills and flexing, you know, trying out things they maybe couldn't do at work. Yeah. Kribal, I'm curious whether you're trying this sort of approach when you are uh, teaching at the data school. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's one of the, I think, the best ways to teach people. The first two days at the data school, they actually don't even use computers. I make them use those fat, like, kindergarten crayons <laughs> yeah. and, like, giant, a, is it A4 paper or A4? What's the really, A2 paper, Andy? Is that what it is? Those giant sheets? Yep. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and we do just do makeovers by hand. Mm-hmm. And we talk and we talk through the process. And I'm trying to teach them about the data visualization process and tool agnostic things that are just just super super important to learn before you dive into any tool whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so we we do. I encourage them to follow these same ideas. And when they're critiquing each other's work. I want them to critique not on the person that created the visualization, but, you know, how can whoever created the visualization in in the data school, how can they make it better? Obviously, they think they did a great job when they present, but maybe there's a way to do it better. And that's it's a way for them to learn how to give constructive feedback to each other. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a really good thing that, you know, is transferable. Anybody could do this, right? You know, I've done it internally at Tableau now a couple of times and you know, as the Makeover Monday homepage grows, it's going to end up with 52 source charts, 52 put source data sets, right. but 52 times N examples of different ways to make over the chart. And one of the other things I think Andy would agree with this is that the most productive weeks are the weeks in which we have data sets that only have, you know, as few as 10 records, 10 mm-hmm. or 20 records. And because what happens there is, People are focusing on, well, what's the story in these small numbers? With such a little source to play with, then you, then it actually frees you to think about how to communicate something creatively. And when we've done ones with big data sets, you know, a few thousand rows, we actually are getting fewer people getting involved in those weeks. And so it's something, you know, anybody doing any kind of data viz training or workshop could just pull one of these and see what their group makes of the data. Yeah, no, it becomes a great resource for the community. 
I'm also curious about the conversation amongst the people who are doing the makeovers. Are people talking about their makeovers and are people critiquing each other's makeovers? I mean, I can imagine here's a donut chart that we're going to make over and someone makes it as pie charts and someone critiques those. Are you seeing those sorts of discussions? You've had one this week, haven't you, Andy? You're in the middle of an argument on Twitter about color schemes. Well, I wouldn't say argument. I know. It was <laughs> pet, pet peeve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, John, I, we haven't actually seen a lot of people critiquing each other. I think I know I've been very cognizant of not doing that because I don't want other people to be discouraged from participating. Yeah. Um, and Andy and I, we talked about that at the very beginning. It's like we don't care what somebody creates. We're going to include it in our gallery. So I don't know if you've seen the Pinterest board, John, but it's it's amazing. You can see this incredible variety of visualizations and I just want people to participate. Yeah. Really, I don't care what they create. They don't critique mine either. So it's um, we could do that, yeah, but I think that would be actually be detrimental to mm-hmm. this particular project. Yeah, and and you know what's happening on Twitter this week is you know there's a bit of a conversation about a color scheme on one of the charts, uh, and that's that's been pretty. That's a great conversation. You know, color is obviously a fundamental aspect of what we do. Uh, there was one week where we did mapping police violence, uh, so it was data about when police kill people in the US. And that actually generated quite a lot of conversation because the data had ethnicity of who was getting killed in the US. And then you end up in really interesting grounds where actually you can tell, you can skew a story just by the way you design charts. So you're not actually being deceptive, but you're leading people down a particular uh, opinion. Mm-hmm. And so that generated, that, that got a fairly good amount of debate. There was another one, actually, Steve Wexler got involved. Which one was that in? Uh, oh, it was saving. There was one, one we, we, we did oh, yeah. something about yeah. saving, right? Um, there was a chart about where people in America and the U.S. had been asked, how much do you have in your savings account? From which a story in a chart was spun about, oh, Americans are not saving enough. And, mm-hmm. you know, Steve rightly pointed out that we then, most of us then went and just kind of remade the chart without actually looking at the question and thinking... Well, you know what? Just because you've got nothing in your nothing in your savings account doesn't mean you don't have much savings. Mm. So uh, again, that that conversation that week was around. Well, hang on, don't just remake the chart. Think about the story and the data, and is yeah. the actual fundamental question the right one? Which was a good wake up call because that was week four. So mm. I think we've adapted that criticism as well. Yeah, and this week, so we're starting to see a lot of more people designing for mobile, John. No. Um, I think. Primarily because I think that's the way most of us consume these visualizations in Twitter now. So we're seeing a lot of people trying to design things. Obviously, most of the people that are doing it are doing it in Tableau. And we're finding lots and lots of problems with designing visualizations on for mobile devices in Tableau. Like filters are really, really difficult to work with. Mm-hmm. And parameters are really difficult to work with. So it's providing us an avenue to get feedback to the developer so they can make the product better. So it's in turn providing Tableau a testing platform and a feedback platform for trying to make the product better and better and better, which is fantastic. Yeah, that is really interesting. So it's interesting you talked about, you know, some of the life cycle of the actual data as opposed to just doing the charts. I'm also curious about whether people are talking about the technical aspects of building things in Tableau or people are submitting talking about... Um, how they built certain things or asking others how they built different dashboards or visualizations? There's a little bit about that. I've certainly had a couple of blog tips, you know, that some of the things I've done, I'm like, oh, that's, I've actually done something kind of cool here, just sort yeah. of axis labeling or font positioning stuff. And you're like, well, look, you know, they, they can become good blog posts. Andy you know, Kreeble is very good at that. 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're not seeing as much of that as we could do. Uh, mm. What's interesting, I mean, we're not. We, we, it's certainly not a, something where we dictate people should use Tableau. Mm-hmm. You know, as Andy said, someone's using Photoshop. We've had one person do do a bunch of hand drawn makeovers. And, and in fact, we'd like to see more people using different tools getting involved. You know, we've tried to uh, encourage people from other communities of different uh, vendors and different tools and different languages to get involved. So, mm-hmm. in fact, we can make that call on this podcast. Whatever tool you're using, listener, come and uh, get involved in Makeover Monday and tell us about your process. Yeah. Well, it's great. It's a great project and uh, I've enjoyed following it. And uh, good luck the rest of the way. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, John. Andes, thanks for coming on the show. This has been fun. And thanks, listeners, for tuning in once again. Please let us know what you think about the Makeover Monday project. And as Andy said, please join their conversation, download the data, and make your own visualizations in any tool, not just Tableau. Any. Any tool. So thanks again for listening. Until next time, this has been the Policy of This Podcast. This week's episode of the Policy Viz podcast is brought to you by the Summer Executive Institute at the Georgetown University McCourt School of Public Policy. The McCourt Executive Institute offers short courses that are specifically designed to enhance key skills. Small classes and hands-on projects allow you to engage with expert faculty at Georgetown in a format that is convenient for busy professionals. To learn more and to register, please visit mccourt.georgetown.edu slash execed slash short courses. Enhance, energize, and expand your professional skills this summer at the McCourt Executive Institute.